This episode of The Amazing Nerd Show is sponsored by Riverdale High AV Club. So Christian, my wife just turned me on to this podcast that I think you should check out, man. Oh yeah? What's that? I know you said you're a huge Archie fan, so definitely go check out Riverdale High AV Club. Dude, I've actually been subscribed to the AV Club for a long time. Man, I love the siblings' hilarious deep dive into all things Archie, especially all the comics throughout the years. Yeah, you know, I wasn't a huge Archie fan before, but this show totally hooked me. I also enjoy the side series that they've got going on um, on the same feed called RHS Public Access, which covers different Archie titles in popular media. Recently, they watched Riverdale Season 1, and they'll also be covering The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina in October. Well, our listeners should definitely go check them out. They're currently on all podcast platforms, and you can also find them at their website, rhsavclub.com, or follow them on social media at Riverdale High AV. And hey, tell them the nerds sent you. Welcome, nerd. Are you ready to launch 139th Expedition into Nerdum? Preparing for launch, queuing bitchin' rockabilly track, priming engines. Now loading up totally excellent mixtape material for the journey ahead. Unecrypting files for comics, TV, movies, wrestling. Launching ANS in 3, 2, 1. So unfortunately, we have to start off the show on a somber note. Um, this week... We suffered a devastating loss as Chadwick Boseman passed away after a four-year battle with colon cancer. Chadwick was an amazing artist, giving us great performances in films like 42, Get On Up, Marshall, Five Bloods, and of course, Black Panther. As an actor, he brought an air of integrity and authenticity to like every role. And the fact that he was able to carry himself with such grace and bravery while battling this horrible disease and producing quality art the way he did. And at the same time, like giving back to charities and visiting people who are suffering through the same battle. I mean, it just really tells you what kind of man he was. I mean, that's absolutely right. Like just like even going back and being able to see like all these clips that have been posted now. And it's just like, all that brings a whole new meaning, you know, knowing that he was going through this struggle, you know, as, as someone who's actually like, uh, I, I like my, my father passed away of cancer. You know, I watched my dad, you know, kind of like deteriorate over four years because of cancer and you know, like seeing, you know, Chadwick Boseman being able to do all these things and accomplish so much in that amount of time is just, you know, purely mind blowing. Um, and I, I, I just, I, I don't, I don't know the words to express like how grateful I am for, you know, the amount of work that he was willing to do with, you know, kids and um, all these films and stuff like that. It's it's purely amazing. Um, and I, 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 don't, I don't even know. Uh, his time with us was way too short and his star really had just begun to shine. Um, it's a testament to his talent that he was able to accomplish what he did in such a short time span. I mean, man, life is just too short. Rest in power, Chadwick. Purpose crosses disciplines. Purpose is an essential element of you. It is the reason you are on the planet at this particular time in history. Your very existence is wrapped up in the things you are here to fulfill. Whatever you choose for a career path, remember the struggles along the way are only meant to shape you for your purpose. When I dare to challenge the system that would relegate us to victims and stereotypes with no clear historical backgrounds, no hopes or talents, when I questioned that method of portrayal, a different path opened up for me. The path to my destiny. When God has something for you, it doesn't matter who stands against it. Again, just like last week, there's no easy way to do this, but let's get into the news. Every week, we collect all the biggest stories and rumors in Nerdum. We're not mild-mannered reporters. We're mere podcasters with opinions. 
All right, first up, Damon, Silk live action TV series is being developed at Sony Pictures TV. So Variety is reporting that Sony is moving ahead with a live action version of Silk uh, for the small screen. Uh, they've nabbed Phil Lord and Chris Miller into the Spider-Verse fame uh, as executive producers. And they're in talks with Lauren Moon, who's a Korean-American writer, um, to help give voice to the character. Uh, you know, since Cindy Moon is a uh, Korean-American character. Variety's also reporting that Amazon is interested in hosting Sony's lineup of Marvel TV shows. So there's definitely going to be more Spider-Verse shows on the way from Sony. Absolutely. It only makes sense for Amazon to want to pick up anything Spider-Man at this point. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Why wouldn't they? <laughs> they don't like money or something? <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, we've heard rumors about this for a while. I'm happy to see that it's finally moving forward um, in, you know, a series form because we did hear that it might be like a film and then we're hearing that it could be an animated project at one point. Silk's a great character. I definitely feel like even like in the comics, you know, she's underutilized. So I'm happy to see like Sony kind of like deciding to like run with her. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I mean, her origin is so closely tied to Peter's, though. It'll be interesting to see if they're going to use that. Um, you know, can can you have her, you know, be so closely tied to Peter without having, you know, Spider-Man in the series? Because you're not going to get Tom Holland in this series. Exactly. Regardless of what rumors are going to say. <laughs> I'm sure, like, they could do something where he's just kind of, like, in the background and mentioned a lot. But, you know, you don't really ever truly see the character, um, you know, but then do you use the whole storyline with like Moreland and the inheritors? You know, can you go that route? I mean, I feel like it's a way to introduce them if they want to go that route at some point. But then you have to kind of explain like why they're not hunting Peter. Right. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> so I, I think it just causes such a mess. You know, I mean, I mean. Lord and Miller are better writers than me, obviously. So I'm sure there's a way around it. I mean, and maybe this is like an alternate, like reality version of this character. Maybe it's not like tied to the MCU at all. They go like Arrowverse style, where they just kind of like it's a it's adjacent. Well, we well, you remember a while back we heard the rumor that they wanted to do an actual Spider-Man like series that wasn't associated with like the MCU like version mm -hmm. of spider-man where it just like kind of exists in its own universe that was a god that must have been like a year ago we were hearing that but that, that was also in a, with like a slew of other like you know spider related shows that they wanted to do but they wanted to develop like you said like a kind of an, an arrowverse around spider-man so it, this could be like the first part of that i don't know if i want that <laughs> <laughs> you know what i'd be fine with it as long as it's well done you know, I can I can deal with, you know, multiple Spider-Man running around. That's fine. But it, I don't necessarily trust Sony. <laughs> so, you know, without Kevin Focke attached, kind of overseeing things, I don't know. They, they still well, have to earn my trust. That's how you end up with Aunt May, the series. Yes, so. right. Yes. <laughs> All right, Damon, we've got reports that the Batman's Robert Pattinson tests positive for COVID-19. So earlier today, there were stories um, out there saying that the Batman's production had been halted when a member of the production team had con contracted the virus. Um, and then Variety recently uh, reported a couple hours ago that it was actually Robert Pattinson himself who, um, you know, tested positive. So it's just scary times out there. Um, it makes you wonder, like, how are they going to go about, like, producing these huge, you know, films um, out in Hollywood, mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I'm wondering if they're going to have to do something kind of like what the NBA and, you know, other sports leagues are doing where they just go into like almost like a bubble type deal where, you know, no one comes in and no one goes out because you've got so many moving parts, you know, with these big productions with, you know, so many different teams working together, you know, people coming on and off of sets. I, I just don't see how they're going to pull this off without like these consistent delays, you know, and then like, is it really worth it when people's like health is at risk? Absolutely. I, that's got to be a big struggle, especially when you have to be in that bubble for like two weeks mm -hmm. before you can even probably start to do a shoot. Yeah. I, I, 
You know, are you like, are you going to be doing tests every day? I mean, mm-hmm. they're going to have to at this point. And maybe they are already, but it's just, I don't know. But even then, there's still a risk. Exactly. 2021 is going to be the year of the small film, I'm sure. Yes. <laughs> well, our best wishes to Robert Pattinson. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Up next, Star Wars The Mandalorian coming in October 30th. Holy shit, it's only two months away, man. <laughs> How excited is that? Extremely. Yeah, we we still don't have a trailer, though, right? <laughs> Not yet, but, I mean, it's got to be coming around the corner, right? Well, the NFL is about to start up, and I know Disney loves to drop those new trailers during Monday Night Football. So maybe, and this is just speculation, <laughs> we'll get one on that, like, debut night. Be nice. That's that's Be nice. that's just me hoping. <laughs> that's wishful thinking on my part, but we've got to be getting one soon. Exactly. All right. Well, coming out of the Witcher camp, Justice League star Jason Momoa reportedly in talks for prequel series. All right. So the rumor is that he's in talks for the lead role in Blood Origin. Um, you know, but nothing has been finalized yet. Christian, you were a fan of the first season of The Witcher. Are you excited for the prequel series? You know, um, I am interested to see where they'll take it. Um, you know, how this all started. You know, how does the first person that get put through all this shit actually, like, reacted to it? And I can totally picture, you know, the same type of character that we got from Aquaman being in this. I just hope he's, you know, better than Aquaman. So... <laughs> <laughs> You don't want like an octopus playing drums in this or anything? No, I don't. I don't want sure? a fucking octopus playing drums. <laughs> well, I enjoyed Aquaman, um, but do you feel like Momoa could be like a good fit for a role like this? Uh, the more I think about it, the more I can picture. It. I mean, he he, he kind of has that same air that Henry Cavill has, so I can totally picture it. All right, all right. Well, up next we have the teaser trailer for The Haunting of Bly Manor. I have a story. A ghost story. After an au pair's tragic death, Henry hires a young American nanny to care for his orphaned niece and nephew who reside at Bly Manor with Chef Owen, groundkeeper Jamie, and housekeeper Mrs. Gross. And this is created by Mike Flanagan. So I was a huge fan of, you know, The Haunting of Hill House by Flanagan. So I was happy that Netflix was going to be continuing on as like an anthology series. Um, You know, the teaser, it was what it was. It's just kind of a montage of scenes. Um, But I'm happy to see that it is right around the corner. Coming in October. Uh, You know, I really liked uh, Victoria Pedretti in um, You, the last season of You that was out. Sure. Um, I think she can handle <laughs> she can handle crazy pretty good. So I'm I'm excited to see her and do. Are you some type of are horror. you assuming that she's going to be crazy in this series? Oh, I I, I totally picture it. She's going to lose it. Is she <laughs> is she like one of those actresses who are like typecast? Oh, absolutely. Okay, that's kind of her thing. Uh, she turns evil at some point. Okay, so that, that's something to look my, forward my to. My prediction. <laughs> well, it's a cool concept that they're going to be like. You know, doing every season based out of like a new haunted site. Mm-hmm. So, and just kind of going into like each house's kind of legend. So, I like that concept. And I yeah, love Mike Flanagan. And I like what he did with Dr. Sleep. I feel like that's a truly underrated film. If you haven't seen it, please go check it out. So, we got another teaser trailer for a highly anticipated series The Stand. Ready? My name is Abigail Fremantle. You come see me at Hemingford Hall. Here I come. Hello? Anyone alive out there? Gonna After the world is in ruins due to a man-made plague, a battle of biblical proportions ensues between the survivors. All right, so this will be coming out December 17th on CBS All Access. Uh, This is a very brief teaser trailer, uh, just basically another montage of all the characters. Uh, We get to see Whoopi Goldberg as Abigail, and then we also get to see Alexander Skarsgård as Randall Flagg, which I think is the perfect fit. He's a great actor, and Randall Flagg is an evil motherfucker. So (laughs) it should be fun. Um, I recently rewatched the mini 
series that I just loved in the 90s. Um, it doesn't really hold up. So uh, this is due for a remake, I feel like. Uh, yeah, I'm excited for this, though. I, I was trying to figure out why I still had CBS All Access after, you know, the, the end of the Picard season. <laughs> Um, you know, because it's another two years at least until we get another season of Picard, I feel like. So, uh, but I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. The stand is coming out. So I was excited to see this. Hey, there's always the Twilight Zone. Oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot about the Twilight Zone. I still haven't watched the second season, though. <laughs> I'm glad you said something, Christian. <laughs> so, Christian, it finally happened. The New Mutants was released in theaters after years and years of just sitting in limbo. No pun intended. <laughs> yes, I finally saw the movie. Uh, but before we get into that, make sure to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast platform. And while you're at it, give us a five-star review and DM us a screenshot. Not only will we read it on the show, but we'll send you some amazing nerd show swag. And now, our feature presentation. You're not alone. Not anymore. Do you know what mutants are? Would anyone like to share their first time? Rain? I was 13. I thought it was a dream. I just lost control. Sam? I started panicking. People got hurt. Roberto? My girlfriend had burned her. Ileana? I killed 18 men. One by one. Five young mutants just discovering their abilities while held in a secret facility against their will fight to escape their past sins and save themselves. This movie was written and directed by Josh Boone. New Mutants is kind of like an attempt to do something different in the comic book blockbuster film space. Then I have to give some credit where credit is due. If anyone can enjoy dumb horror action flick, it's me. You know, the guy who rented uh, Resident Evil Apocalypse like a hundred times. Um, it was a cool cast of characters with interesting concepts that probably sounded like a million bucks on paper. With some like halfway decent graphics and CGI time. Um, but at the end of the day, uh, and end of a three year wait with multiple companies looking at it over and over, uh, it just never felt like a fully like realized version of itself. Um, the story focuses around Danny Moonstar and kind of the awakening of her mutant abilities. Um, she is unaware of the nightmares that she's literally bringing to life within this mutant testing facility, which is run by a doctor that you can guess it uh, just by watching the trailer is the true villain of the story. I mean, and, and for some reason, the only person in this facility other than the mutants that are there, for some reason, uh, you, you would think there would be like, I don't know, some nurses or some shit to help her. But no, she's alone uh, just with her force field abilities. But, but but anyway, uh, <laughs> uh, each character of the film feels like a like bullet point version of the comic book counterpart, um, which I don't blame the cast for. Um, I would say it's probably either something that happened on the editing bay where they just weren't able to um, put in enough story for each character, or it was just a bad script. Um, relationships and motivations um, towards every moment of the film are paper thin and do nothing to really draw me into the story. And uh, while I'm, you know, talking about that, what the hell even really was the story? I mean, I, I brought up Danny Moonstar, you know, um, you know, coming to terms with her abilities, um, but you know, beyond that, there, I mean, that wasn't even that believable in the first place. Um, and if you're trying to tell me that, like. And if you're trying to tell me, like, the rest of the cast, like, overcame their fears and, you know, really fought back these enemies, I, I don't really, that wasn't believable either. Um, and I don't believe that they've overcome their fears whatsoever. <laughs> like, that's just probably going to come back to haunt them again. Um, and, like, I mean, at least the script didn't even give me a reason to believe that they've overcome anything. So, again, that's another missed story beat. But, um... 
but um like on top of all of that i mean there really wasn't even like a team dynamic for them like it never there was never like big team moments between any of the characters um there there is a big fight at the end of course um against one main monster but i mean even then like it felt like each character was on their own um there was never like a big like you know hey we're the new mutants team type of like moment in this film which i think was again another missed story beat <laughs> Um, cinematography and effects wise it has its moments um, but a lot of the time it just kind of felt like they didn't have the budget to do any of like the cool stuff you know like Wolfsbane never has a full transformation sequence like they just cut away after after she like shows a little bit of fur on her face they cut away and then a dog appears and that's about it or a wolf I should say but it, it looked it looked more like a regular dog than a wolf to me but I mean, I, I, don't, know, I don't know, species of shit. <laughs> uh, and, and, and it was like one of those things where it's just like, I know if the MCU was doing this, we'd probably get a full transformation and it'd probably look fucking awesome. So, I mean, that's how I kind of left this film, you know, finally thinking, you know, this is this is it. This is the end of all the X-Men and like Fox version of all these films. We can finally move on. You know, Feige and, and crew can finally take over the X-Men and I'm done. That's that's really just how I like stood up at the end of this movie and thought. And I was happy for that. <laughs> so Christian, how did this hold up as a horror film? You know, as I explained uh, during my review, you know, there's it's the horror element is really like it's all psychological to a degree. But I mean, it does get her, she is bringing these like psychological terrors for them to life. And though know, I think the graphics take away from that horror a lot. Because, okay. you know, they're not super believable. I think um, the one you see in the trailer the most is the smiley masked uh, man. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, that's super well done. They seem to have put a ton of money into that effect. But everything else was just kind of like, I don't know, I was looking at video game elements being thrown into a movie. Yeah. I'm, oh, really? While video game okay. elements are great nowadays. It's it's It was more like early 2000s at points. You know, I don't know. It was weird CGI sometimes. Well, that sounds unfortunate. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so what would you grade this movie? Oh, well, I'd give it a C plus. I mean, it put in the effort to try something new, uh, but at the same time, you know, it, there just wasn't enough that actually happened with these characters and didn't really move any storyline along. Um, so I'm going to give it a C plus, but, you know, um, I would definitely say see this at home if you, if you can. <laughs> All right, all right. On your couch for free. <laughs> yes. So not worth the wait. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right, moving on. It's uh that time again, Christian. Well, what time is it? It's time for Christian's corner. Yeah! All right, fellow gamers. So Gamescom has come and went. Um, I actually was completely unprepared for for a change. Um, Gamescom came and I was just like, oh, Gamescom is fucking going on? Because there was like trailer after trailer was being dropped left and right. And I was totally just thrown off by it. Um, so today, yeah, we're going to talk a little bit of what I you know, found interesting coming out of Gamescom. Um, and we'll talk about what's going on with Nintendo right now. All right, so Gamescom showed off a ton of games over there. Uh, we had, you know, the first little teaser for um, Dragon Age. Uh, they showed off some Doom Eternal, um, another uh, DLC for it. Uh, which looked pretty good. Uh, showed off a little bit more Crash Bandicoot, the new Mafia Definitive Edition, um, Star Wars Legos. I mean, literally, it was just drop after drop after drop. Um, one of the things I was interested by and I thought um, was handled very well, especially for it being a VR game, was the new Medal of Honor um, Above and Beyond. Uh, this game is being helmed up by Respawn. And, you know, even for, like, uh, I, I feel like after what we've gotten over the last couple of years for VR, uh, we're finally getting into that realm of, like, you know, full-fledged story experiences, um, you know, for, like, AAA-style, like, titles for VR. And I think that's great. I think that's the right move to go um, for um, VR in general. Because, you know, a lot of people couldn't see the future of what VR games would be like. And I think, you know, games like this is exactly what you would you know what you can expect going forward in the you know game space of VR um, the trailer looked really good uh, you know it's of course it's it's gonna be a little shaky a little shoddy because you know this is all captured from a VR uh, helmet um, an oculus um, so it's just 
you know, it is what it is, but, you know, I can only imagine with that being on and being in full control of everything that it would look great. Another game that continues to um, surprise me, even though it's, you know, marketed for kids um, and really shows off the next gen power is Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. Uh, you know, they showed off some gameplay of it and there's just so many moments where you can just tell you know, how powerful, um, you know, capturing this on next gen and everything and how well the experience was handled by the machine. I mean, you know, Ratchet flying through different dimensions and everything. You know, it was really the like full played version of what we got from the first like big trailer. And, you know, actually seeing the amount of components that are going into that um, and how smooth everything was. I was, it was just super impressive. Now, it's not a game that I'm personally interested in picking up because I'm, you know, I'm not a massive Ratchet and Clank fan, but just, you know, this, this really shows off what the experience of next gen would be like. And that's what I'm super excited by, you know, with the load times and stuff like that and how all, everything could possibly work. Um, you know, it made, you know, heavy use of the PS5's SSD and really showing off, you know, just how much stuff can happen on screen at one time i mean jesus you know as a as a add kid myself i mean like my eyes were going fucking everywhere with the amount of stuff that was being like thrown on screen and how quickly you were able to just fly through <laughs> different dimensions i mean the amount of work that must have gone into all of that to make that fucking work i can't even imagine and you know um you know just imagining like kids will have no idea like how like awesome this experience is <laughs> until maybe they're older and something new comes out and that blows them away you know uh, so I mean just bravo to the team working on Ratchet and Clank I'm, I'm super impressed by the game you know uh, even though it doesn't seem like a game for me I, I'm super interested in it in general um, and the last game I want to talk about which is not Fall Guys season two <laughs> uh, is Star Wars Squadrons um, you know it's continued to um, you know get catch my interest of course i'm a huge star wars fan uh, one of the big things about star wars for me has always been the ships um, i'm super excited to get behind a tie fighter or an x-wing um, as you will be playing on both sides they showed off a mission um from, from the game and it, it, everything looks super crisp um everything looks super crisp um you know i'm still the only one i think complaining about when they go into third person and everything for some reason looks like it has like a thin black outline. I don't know why. You know, it, for me, it, just, it, it, it throws me off a little bit every time they went into third person. Now, in first person, when they were showing off just combat in general, it looked great. Um, I think it's also pretty cool that it's all, you know, all playable in VR. This is another experience that I think would be great in VR. Um, I don't have VR, so I'm a little jealous of those who might get to experience that. But I mean, man. Uh, I am super excited to get behind and play this game. I, I want to fucking play some Star Wars Squadrons. Um, and that, I think it's only a month away, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I'm not mistaken. It's October 2nd. So it's only a month away until this like massive multiplayer fucking <laughs> Star Wars experience comes out. And I'm super excited to get behind it. Uh, I'll definitely be playing it hopefully day one because I'm, I'm that excited to pick it up now I don't know if I want to get it for PS4 or PC or what I should do um, it is available for all platforms so I'll definitely ch uh, you know figure that one out as I go um, over on Nintendo side uh, there's been a ton of Mario news uh, you know we had the Mario 35th Super Mario Bros you know anniversary stuff coming out um, out of this event and like Man, did they just throw Mario right at you. Um, so they have the Super Mario 3D All-Stars, which is going to feature Super Mario 64, um, Super Mario Sunshine, and Super Mario Galaxy all bundled together. And I think that's fucking awesome. Uh, they also showed off a Mario Kart Live home circuit, which, you know, takes this Mario Kart car and, like, allows you to create your own courses at home. And I thought that was super innovative. Now, how that will work in, like, homes with pets and such and stuff like that, like, for me, I have a bunch of cats. I can't imagine the madness that would ensue because <laughs> I have Mario Kart cars flying all over the place. But that's super exciting, and it's all Switch-enabled. 
so I think that's great. Um, they also, of course, showed off a Super Mario Bros. 35, um, which will be, you know, yeah, it will also be um, completely free for Nintendo Switch Online members. So, I mean, so plenty of Mario coming your way. Uh, you know, you had some Mario, like, fucking wallpapers and shit like that. Uh, uh, it seems like Nintendo is really pushing Mario because, I mean, they need to make some more money in this uh, extra quarter. So, <laughs> we'll definitely see how this all works out for them uh, going forward. Um, you know, I've never been the hugest Mario fan, but, um, you know, now having two Switches in my home, uh, I, I could definitely see, you know, what kind of fun we could have with Mario. And maybe I could put that on stream, who knows. Um, speaking of the stream... This weekend starts my, uh, you know, it's the beginning of September, so tons of games are coming out this month. You know, um, even if it's betas or alphas or whatever, um, you know, I plan on playing a lot of things. Like, um, right now, this weekend, I'm going to be doing, and probably while you're listening, I'm probably streaming right now, um, some Marvel Avengers. Um, and then there's also the um, re remaster of the Tony Hawk uh, Pro Skater series from 1 and 2. Uh, which I think is fucking awesome. I think there's some cool, fun, little chill streams that we can do with that. Uh, going down the future, I do know that I want to do Boulder's Gate. Um, the I think there's an alpha this month that I'm definitely wanting to check out. Uh, we also have um, the Outer Worlds DLC. I'm definitely going to be doing an Outer Worlds like playthrough. It'll be my second playthrough, so I'm definitely going to go around and do some crazy decisions that I never made before. Um, I think that'll be fun to play with uh, you guys, having you guys watch. Um, there's an initial D, not an uh, in inertial drift game, which is pretty much for initial D fans um, with um, twin stick mechanics, which I think is fucking looks awesome. Yeah, very simple game. Uh, we might do that um, this month. Um, try to look at my calendar, see if there was anything else on here. Oh, Call of Duty and also uh, WWE Battlegrounds are coming out this month. Um, so I'm definitely going to try to check those out as well. So it's it's going to be a, a jam-packed month uh, for streaming for me. And I hope um, you guys will come check it out. Uh, if, if you can't cast the streams, if you can't be part of the show um, live on Twitch, then you can definitely um, subscribe to our YouTube channel where I'll be posting edited down versions of everything I do this month. Uh, we're going to be posting you know episodic um, at least... A minimum of one video per day, uh, but it's, I mean, right now it's already looking like it's going to be two videos per day as I have a shit ton of stuff coming out. I'm still playing Ghost of Tsushima. Um, we just got Jin's father's armor, um, so we're, we're like, I feel like we're, we're got to be right there near the end of chapter two. Um, there was other stuff that happened, but I don't want to spoil anything. Uh, so definitely catch up on that. Um, I have a whole playlist on the channel, so definitely check out all the edited content I have so far. Otherwise, you can you know just catch up, join us on the live streams. I'm definitely gonna be playing more of it. We'll see if I add more streams to my weekly schedule or not. But um, you know that's that's about it for this week in gaming. All right, Damon, the vi video game talks over. You could talk now. Uh, <laughs> didn't you see a movie? I did, Christian. I saw Bill and Ted face the music. Step forward. A song created by Preston Logan, performed tonight, will save reality as we know it. Oh, dude, we better write that song now. Or why can't we just go to the future when we have written it? And take it from ourselves. Except, won't that be stealing? Cheers! <laughs> How is that stealing? If we're stealing it from ourselves, dude. <laughs> Once told they'd save the universe during a time-traveling adventure, two would-be rockers from San Dimas, California find themselves as middle-aged dads, still trying to crank out a hit song and fulfill their destiny. This was directed by Dean Parasot, and it stars Keanu Reeves and Alex Winter. Alright, so when I heard they were doing another sequel to Bill and Ted, I definitely had mixed feelings. While I was a fan of the original films when they first came out, I hadn't watched them in years. I wasn't sure if I wanted or needed a continuation of their adventures. And if you're a regular listener to the show, you know the trailers didn't really do much to impress me. I was concerned it would just be depressing to see these characters 30 years later treading water. And I was worried that they'd just be rehashing a lot of the same old gags, you know, for a quick buck. And, you know, after watching this film, I, I can tell you, yes, at first it was a bit sad seeing the wild stallions, like, robbed of their youth, um, you know, and suffering from the ultimate case of writer's block. But luckily for the audience, they weren't robbed of their heart because Face the Music is just filled with it. 
this ridiculous fun ride is a time capsule to a more innocent time where cynicism didn't reign supreme even though the odds are stacked against them. And not only does the responsibility of uniting the world rest on their shoulders, but so does the existence of reality itself this time around. Um, Bill and Ted's newest adventure is a breezy, lighthearted affair with a strong message of hope that I really quite admired. Um, yes, it's a little cheesy. Yes, it's incredibly predictable. Yes, the plot is a bit of a mess and all over the fucking place. But there's something refreshing about a movie that allows you to turn off your brain, sit back, and just enjoy it for what it is. And Face the Music does that. They double down on the irreverent nature of the first films. But at the same time, they manage to deliver a positive, uplifting message. Um, Alex Winters and Keanu Reeves slip back into their roles and they just don't miss a beat. You can tell they were fully invested. Their performances never felt forced. Their daughters, played by the amazing Samara Weaving and Bridget Lundy Payne, are wonderful and just incredibly convincing in their roles. The film moves at a breakneck pace that never allows you to get bored or think too hard about the logic of what the hell's going on. It's more about strapping it in and enjoying the spectacle of it all. And, you know, the director, Dean Parasot, he does the difficult task of capturing the tone of the original films, but at the same time, like, keeping it fresh. I mean, yes, I could sit back and pick apart the little issues with the plot, and I could be super critical and just overthink things, but it's a fucking Bill and Ted movie, and I think to do so would just be missing the point. All that matters is at the end of the film, like, whether or not you're entertained, and the answer for me was an overwhelming yes. I mean, Bill and Ted was an enjoyable time catching up with old friends. And it feels like the kind of movie that we just desperately need nowadays. All right, Damon. Well, after this wild ride with the Wild Stallions, what would you grade this movie? I am going to go ahead and give this film a B plus, Christian. Um, if wow. you're a fan of the series, definitely check this out. It was an excellent time. <laughs> All right, Damon. It's time to talk some wrestling. Bogus. <laughs> oh my goodness, the Fiend's got Strowman in position for a Superplex! Oh, oh my God! The, the All right, Damon, WOE came back-to-back -back with pay-per-views. After the previous weekend SummerSlam, now we have Payback. I still don't understand what the hell happened here. I don't <laughs> I don't know why they did back to back. It makes no sense whatsoever. And it's not like this pay-per-view did anything to like change that, you know, in my mind. I mean, it's not like it continued on some storyline or there was some big storyline that happened in SummerSlam where we needed, you know, resolution at payback. Mm -hmm. So just really odd timing. So I don't know if this was supposed to be like a different pay-per-view at some point and they just had it like on the calendar so they felt like well we need to go ahead and do something but i'm not sure like maybe this was supposed to be like a uk show or you know a saudi show or something just really odd. who knows so but, but well but spoiler like everything on this card could have been on raw or smackdown at any point yeah pretty much <laughs> <laughs> all right well let's get into it all right. Um, first up, we have the Riot Squad defeating the Iconics. Yes, uh, this was a pre-show match. I did not see it. I know on Raw this happened again, and this time around, uh, the losing team had to disband, and that was the Iconics. So they are no more. <sighs> they. I don't know. I guess they're really big on Peyton Royce, so yeah. um, I guess she's going to be getting a single push. Oh, God, are they going to fire Billy Kay? <laughs> I don't know. I'm not sure. So, I mean, I'm sure they'll feud or something. She, she could use some time, though, in NXT. So yes. I'm just going to put that out there. Yes, she could. So I felt like she was a lot more solid in NXT, too. So it's weird that, like, you know, after getting all the experience, like being on the road with WWE and everything like mm. that on the main roster, that her talents actually feels like they diminished. I don't know how that's possible, but... 
I don't know, man. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, starting off the card, we had Bobby Lashley going up against Apollo Crews for the United States Championship. So this was probably one of the, for me at least, this was one of the better matches on the card. Um, You know, I was glad to see Bobby Lashley, you know, pick up, you know, the U.S. title again. Uh, I hate the Lashley, what are they calling it, the Lashley lock? Are they calling it the Lashley lock now? I, I'm not sure. The full Lashley? I think it's the full Lashley. The they, full they, Lashley. they called it like three different things. I just hate the full Nelson as a finish. It just doesn't make any sense to me. Um, but overall, I did think it was a good match. I feel mm. like they're going to, I don't know. They're trying to give an edge to Apollo. I thought it was really weird that like he just like jumped them at the end. You know, like, I mean, like Lashley won pretty cleanly. So then Apollo, like, just, like, is a really sore loser, and he attacks them. So, and but, like, he's been really, like, cocky lately and everything, which I like, because hmm. he definitely needs a little more personality. So I'm wondering if he eventually either is going to turn full heel, or if he's going to join them. I don't know. It just feels weird. Like, you, usually your baby face isn't attacking, the uh, you know, the villains at the end of the match after <laughs> losing fairly. So. I agree, but anything's better than smiley face Apollo Crews that they had going for like a year plus. No, I oh, oh, over a year. You know, I agree 100 <laughs> percent. But no, a solid match. A solid yes. match. All right. Uh, up next, we had Big E versus Sheamus. So I was really happy that Big E won. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I thought this match was really fucking boring. Um, yeah, it was way too long. <laughs> yes. Yes. I just feel I mean, like Sheamus, like Randy Orton is like. One of the true like torch bearers for like you know the WWE style, you know, mm-hmm. grab a hold for a good like three minutes and just you know sit there and wait and then pick up the pace again. And uh, his matches honestly like just bore the shit out of me. And uh, I don't know. I don't think this really was a good spotlight on Biggie. Honestly, like I was happy that he picked up the win. But at the same time, I just wish he would have gotten more of the spotlight. And then I felt like they almost made like too much of a big deal of Big E winning here. Because I feel like Big E's picked up pins on Sheamus before. I mean, maybe it's been in like tag matches, but (laughs) I was like, all right, come on, calm down, people. (laughs) I also just don't know if they're actually going to do anything with Big E. Like I, I I know that they want to, and it sounds like they're going to. I just, I feel like it, it'll be forgotten pretty fast. I agree. I mean, it definitely feels like they're moving in that direction, and that's what the storyline's dictating right now. But you can't trust them anymore. Mm-hmm. So as we've seen in, you know, this year and in years past, honestly, you know, they will quickly forget storylines and just, you know, drop them out of thin air. So right now, I mean, he's definitely on route to a big push, but that mean shit in mcmahon's world right now so that could change at any moment yeah Um, it could become a best of five series with sheamus and then they become a tag team and yes get completely forgotten yes and then he's a tag team wrestler again out of nowhere right so but right now he does have some momentum um we'll just see if they do anything with it all right uh up next we had matt riddle versus king corbin so this was another boring match I was, I'm not going to lie. (laughs) uh, I hadn't seen Matt Riddle wrestle in like months because I haven't been watching, you know, the the week to week shows. So, I mean, I was happy to see Matt Riddle's style again, but at the same time, yeah, I, I, I always get bored when King Corbin's on television. So, (laughs) well, and then Corbin took so much of this match and then Mm -hmm. Riddle just kind of won out of nowhere where, yeah, he hit a couple of his moves and everything that like that, but like, it felt like a fluke. Um, which I didn't like. And then once again, they acted like it was like the biggest win of his career. I think they might even said that at one point. I was like, come on, man. It's just King Corbin. Give me a fucking break. <laughs> he beat AJ Styles his first fucking night. So how is that even? No. King Corbin's bigger, man. <laughs> <laughs> just hit, it just dawned on me. He pinned AJ Styles. What the fuck are you people talking about? Um so he's a king damon he's a king oh god i just wish vince would just let this whole corbin experiment go um but yeah no i could definitely see you know this oh well obviously it's going to carry on because he got attacked by corbin afterwards right in the back 
So he was, he was literally saying the lines. I'm glad this is finally over, just like the rest of us, and gets <laughs> hit, hit in the back of the head. How about that weird like segment? Or how about the weird promo before this match, where I guess Corbin on social media brought up the fact that he's going to be a failure, like in the industry, like he's a failure at home. I was like, are you like really bringing up that whole like controversy and Jesus, you know, like. Like, is that a good idea, WWE? Like, you know, why would you shine light on that? It's just really they, weird. They want all the re- it's the reality era. They have to bring everything in. I could just see Vince being like, "Oh, that's good heat." Uh-huh. You know, like what? No, like you're supposed to shy away from that. Like, not bring attention to it because that's just going to make people Google search. Like, what the fuck are they talking about? Mm-hmm. Like, if they don't know, like, of the accusations against Riddle and shit. So, you know, um. Just time weird. and time again, like I just find myself enjoying the ones that are like pure characters on screen rather than when they try to make these real stories every time. Like I love the fiend. I love Keith Lee whenever he's like in his like whole mode. You uh-huh. know, I, these are these are full like blown characters. I know I don't need, you know, their home life to be brought in. I don't need like I'm so glad that they didn't bring Sonya Deville's story into the, you know, into the show. They all. wanted to, though. You know, they I'm sure. To. <laughs> They came close, um, you know, because they did change the steps and everything on mm-hmm. that. But, yeah, they didn't actually mention it, you know, by name, luckily. So they did have someone come up to her backstage and, like, apologize to her. Like, oh, I'm so sorry about your ordeal and everything. And then she slapped the shit out of them. So I was like, okay. Because for a second I was like, oh, please don't do this. Like, you know, I'd rather have you just drop the, you know, the match altogether and not bring it up again. Mm. Then, like, you know, make it part of a storyline. So, do you know someone pitched Retribution being the ones in her house? Oh, God. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> let's let's move on before I get sick. Um, yeah, no, this match sucked. Um, you know, it's really disappointing. <laughs> I just don't like the way they're booking Riddle right now. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, up next, we had Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax defeating Bailey and Sasha Banks for the Raw. For the women's tag team championships. So I actually enjoyed this match. I thought it was a well put together match. You know, yes, I'm not the biggest Nia Jax fan, but you know, for what she, she did her part in this match, um, you know, of course, you know, they're in the ring with Bailey and Sasha. So I mean, chances are this was going to at least be a decent match, mm-hmm. but you know, I was entertained, you know, throughout this entire match. I wasn't surprised that Baszler and Jax won. Um, we'll see how they handle Bailey and Sasha breaking up. You know, I don't have the highest hopes. I hope that they have some kind of creative control uh, over the direction of where they're going. It does seem like they've been giving them like carte blanche on this angle. Cause I know they wanted to break them up earlier and Bailey and Sasha said, no, they, there hasn't been enough time to build to that. Mm-hmm. So um, we'll see. We'll see. Um, I enjoyed Shayna Baszler getting the like double submission. I thought it was it looked awesome, mm-hmm. uh, but there was just too many moments where I could tell Nia was just not following through on her moves. Mm-hmm. Like, um, like there was a double team moment that really stood out where she's just supposed to bounce off the ropes and get caught by the other two, and they're not supposed to be able to lift her, but she's just like she stumbled towards them, and it's just like. I don't know. It just drives me nuts seeing her not commit, at least commit to the full motion of the fucking move. You know, it, you're, you're not getting hurt in it. It's it's affecting so, the other wrestlers. Do you think it's laziness or do you think it's just being an awful wrestler? <laughs> and, I mean, and she could and she could become a better wrestler. So I'm yes. not like saying, you know, it is what it is, but it is what it is at this point. Like, do you feel like she just needs to go down to the performance center and iron out the kinks? Or do you feel like she just doesn't give a shit out there? Do you think it's I, attitude? I would like to think it's, you know, it's just she's a shitty wrestler. And she needs more time. Okay. But um, I don't know. More experience, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> but I feel like she's had lots of experience at this point. I, I don't know. Um, Some people just don't have it. <laughs> I don't understand what her celebration at the end was supposed to be about. Oh, my God. The end interview was horrible. And it's just like, did no one tell them what to say? Because they looked so lost and confused. Like, Shayna's just like, goes back to the mic and just like, okay, just we're going to go celebrate. Whatever. Like, I, yeah. it was so weird. And, like, I, I think 
Jax was supposed to be like, you know, obnoxious, like which she was doing really well. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like, okay, well, is this supposed to play into their storyline where Baszler's really carrying the team and Jax is just like in her own world and you know, building up Baszler as the face, you know, in this you know, for this duo. Um, I don't want to see Baszler as a face either, though. Like, she's yeah. such a great heel. That's what's going to happen here, though. I know. Although, like, at, at the same time, there's the whole, you know, Asuka component. Like, because it, it definitely feels like they're moving towards, you know, one of these two feuding with Asuka. So are we going to get some kind of, like, three-way happening, you know, between them? You know, and then, you know, McMahon loves having the tag team champs, you know, in turmoil at all times. So... I don't know. It it, don't it feels like a mess. <laughs> <laughs> it feels. I, I mean, honestly, I'd be happy with them just kind of like shotgunning this whole program and just you know them dropping the titles after a week or two, and then we can mm-hmm. just move on from this. So I do enjoy them slapping the shit out of each other backstage, though. That that's fun. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, up next, we had Keith Lee versus Randy Orton. In what was way too short of a match for me, personally. I liked this match on paper. I liked the fact that Keith Lee picked up the win here. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, at the same time, I don't think it was necessarily that convincing. Uh, I would have liked to see him get a little more offense in. Uh, but it's still a big win overall. But yes, I... I I feel like they left some meat on the bone just because they're going to end up working a program, especially right now with McIntyre being, you know, you know, storyline out. Uh, they did face off against each other in a triple threat match on Raw. Um, they both had to qualify to get into the triple threat match. Um, and it was uh, also Seth Rollins was in it. So they got a little more time there. Uh, you know, uh, Orton ended up getting the pin on Seth, even though he did hit the RKO on Keith Lee, which I felt like was supposed to be kind of a receipt. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if these two face off against each other again, you know, sometime before the next pay-per-view, though. So, um, but we'll see. We'll see. And I'm wondering if Keith Lee will end up working a program with Seth next. Um, I'm just happy to see that he didn't, like, take the loss here, honestly, because... <laughs> was i was really concerned that you know this Mm. was gonna be you know a hard-fought loss you know where he didn't really lose here you know he he fought against a legend you know Uh, one of those type deals um but you know they they still seem like they're on board with keith lee so that that's a good thing still hate his fucking theme so much it doesn't work it doesn't (laughs) they need to come up with something better uh so I mean, all the music right now is so fucking generic. I wasn't, yeah. but I wasn't a huge fan of CFO, honestly. So, I don't know. They need to hire a better, per, you know. A better, I, and I still don't understand the logistics of them having to change the songs because CFO is no longer under contract. Because I was, and I still don't understand the logistics why they have to change, like these songs because cfo is no longer under contract like because in the past with like jim johnson like they had the sole rights to all of the music that he wrote for the wwe and they are still using them to this day so i don't Mm -hmm. know why that was different with like cfo you know it's just kind of weird no i don't know royalties <laughs> you know, I'm very on McManley. Yeah, so it's just weird. Uh, but anyway, yeah, they definitely need to hire someone better though than who, because all the music sounds like you know wrestling, build a character, like video game music. Honestly, yes, and we all know how generic that is. Yes, absolutely. All right. Uh, up next, we had Dominic Mysterio and Rey Mysterio going up against Seth Rollins and Murphy. Dominic continues to shine, man. I mean, I was really impressed. You know, I definitely feel like, you know, he's still green and, you know, part of it's being in a match with, you know, his dad and Seth Rollins and, you know, Buddy Murphy. But, you know, he's got the physicality down. So, I mean, I don't know. I've been super, like, impressed. Like, this was a well put together match. You could tell, Mm -hmm. you know, they definitely worked on this. But it's still a lot to get that timing down, you know, especially at his age and how long he's been doing this, which isn't long at all. 
So I, I, I was really impressed. I mean, yeah, of course, you can definitely see moments where it's like Seth is definitely guiding him through it more or Murphy. Like when they do Hurricane Rana's and stuff, it feels more like Seth has to push himself over a little bit more uh-huh. and stuff like that. But I mean, he's still doing a phenomenal job. I mean, this was much. I think I enjoyed this way more than um, the uh, SummerSlam match for sure. Yeah. Well, you didn't have all the bells and whistles. True. <laughs> yeah, this was just a straight match. And it was mm. a good time. Like it was a really entertaining match. They had a lot of time and everything. And I, I think sky's the limits for, you know, Dominic. All right. Well, last but not least, we had uh, a triple threat match uh between Roman Reigns, the Fiend, and Braun Strowman. So on SmackDown at the very end of the show, we found out that Roman is now represented by Paul Heyman, which was a, a huge jaw drop. Um, you know, a lot of people were speculating like, oh, is this Roman's like heel turn, you know, at the end of SummerSlam? I was very doubtful. But I mean, the fact that he's with Paul Heyman and then what we saw transpire, you know, during this match, it actually seems like we're getting a Roman heel turn. Pretty fucking crazy. <laughs> uh, the match was what it was. Uh, mm. You know, the Fiend and Braun beat the shit out of each other. That wasn't that bad. I thought it was actually better than what we got at SummerSlam between the two. Uh, but then, you know, I knew, you know, once Roman wasn't out there, I was like, okay, well, this is all going to come to an end <laughs> once Roman walks down the aisle. And uh-huh. it did. Roman walked down the aisle, signing his contract, um, you know, acting kind of like a prima donna, um, you know, got in the ring with the chair, decided not to use it, which at first I was like, oh, come on now. Don't be wishy-washy with this shit. Like, Use that fucking chair if you're going to walk down the ring with it. Um, You know, call for a ref, though, trying to get the pin right away. And then, after he didn't do so, he ended up, you know, using the chair. You know, uh, he even hit a low blow at one point. So, and he picked up a quick victory. So, I mean, after the guys beat the shit out of each other, of course, for (laughs) a good ten minutes. But, yeah, no. Um, How do you feel about a heel Roman Reigns? I love it. I kind of wish, you know, this was before Money in the Bank. This would be a great... I feel like he would be so good with the briefcase, you know, walking around. I feel like that would have been great to see, but... Now, how do you feel about Bray losing the title so quickly? That I disagree with, but, you know, that's just me. Um, I feel like titles shouldn't fly off each other that fast, but... um, That's not just you. (laughs) (laughs) I agree 100%. But at the same time, I feel like I'd much rather see Bray chase after Roman mm-hmm. with the belts. Um, so it just makes you wonder, like, why they booked it that way, you know, for SummerSlam. But it is what it is. There's enough history between the two of them. There's enough stuff that Bray can play with to make this storyline real cool. Yeah. But, you know. They just could have, like, kept the belt on Braun, you know, at SummerSlam mm-hmm. and then have Roman come out and pin him. And then have Bray, you know, go into the program with Bray. Um, But, you know, okay, whatever. It's a one-week title run. (laughs) It is what it is. Uh, We got to see Alexa Bliss in the background, you know, watching, you know, the match Mm -hmm. on the screen, you know, looking, you know, love-struck. So, and she's going back to her kind of like, her like Harley Quinn-ish style with the hair and everything like that. So... We'll see where that goes. It definitely feels like they're going to end up putting those two together. Um, but yeah, no. And I'm all for that. You know, mm. it'll be interesting to see because it, it definitely felt like before SummerSlam, we kind of had a double turn where Bray was now the face, you know, in the program with Braun. Um, and it feels like that's continuing on. So I have a theory that the only oh, yeah. reason Vince did this and pulled the trigger with a Roman, you know, heel turn was because there's no actual people in the audience, and he actually has control over their reactions. Mm-hmm. So, you know, where in the past, like, one of the rationales of not turning Roman was like, oh, well, the the audience is going to just cheer him anyway if we do that. You know? I was like, well, you want him to get over, so... <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah, you know, it kind of screws up with the storyline dynamic, but... You know, if people actually start liking him, maybe it'd be a good thing, you know, and then you could turn him face and they'll still actually like him. (laughs) But now, you know, since he has control of the Thunderdome and everything like that, and they're piping in that crowd noise, you know, he can make them boo if he wants. 
So then when he does eventually decide to turn him, you know, face again, which is, I feel like is going to happen. Um, you know, and I have a theory on that too, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think the whole reason they put him with Heyman was so in like four or five months when they do start getting a crowd back, they can have Lesnar show up and be with Heyman and Heyman will turn on Roman and then, you know we've got to face Reigns again. So that's my theory. But in the meantime, you know, at least it's something different. I am hoping for um, Keith Lee versus Lesnar for Mania. That's that's my, my hopes. <laughs> I guess. I don't know. I'm just over Lesnar. I mean, it depends on what Lesnar we get. Like, are we going to get a Lesnar <laughs> who's motivated and wants to actually have a good match? Or are we going to get a Le- Lesnar who just wants to throw suplexes around? Let me say that again. Are we going to get a Lesnar who just wants to do like, you know, 10 suplexes and go home? You know, so I don't know. I'm fine. I with feel him. like he would put on a match with Lee. You never know, though. You never know. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's the problem. So I felt like he'd put on a great match with Dean Ambrose and that didn't happen. So and that was at WrestleMania. So, mm. um, yeah, I, I I would be okay if Lesnar was just finished with the company, honestly. <laughs> Slightly off-topic question, but how do you think AJ Styles feels with Heyman showing up on SmackDown? I don't know. That's got to be uncomfortable, right? <laughs> <laughs> After purposely leaving. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'm, I bet you anything they run it past him, though, because they do, hmm. you know, definitely hold AJ in high regard. I mean, the fact that he was able to move brands like that um, says a lot. So, I mean, who knows? Who knows? Maybe it was Wonder wonder Under the Bridge. I mean, maybe it's Water Under the Bridge. Maybe AJ, you know, realized that, yeah, you know, Heyman's a snake, but, you know, he can't do anything without, you know, Vince giving the okay. So I, I don't understand why all the anger was towards, you know, Heyman. Because obviously McMahon, you know, Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, he's the one writing the checks. So um, it is what it is. All right, Damon. Well, what would you give this pay-per-view as a grade? So I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to give this three and a half stars. Um, It wasn't the worst thing I've seen all year. (laughs) That's not saying much, though. Uh, I think I like the results on paper more than I like some of the actual matches. You know, just some of the matches were just so fucking boring. I'm so sick of the WWE style. Mm. I really am. Um, Especially when you have such talent and we see what they're capable of. Like, you know, especially when you have talent like, you know, Matt Riddle and Keith Lee. And we see what they're capable of, you know, on NXT. And then they come to the WWE main roster. They totally just water them down and make them bland versions of themselves. Um, So... I, I'm going to say three and a half stars, and that's almost basically solely on, you know, the the Dominic, you know, Ray tag match. And, you know, the fact that I'm enjoying that they finally pulled the trigger on Roman Reigns as a heel. <laughs> so, yeah, three and a half stars. I mean, while those were two good moments, um, the, you know, the the bottom half card was much better on SummerSlam. And that was one of the main reasons that even got a two and a half last mm-hmm. week. So this one's getting a two yeah. for me in general. Um, you know, it's, as you said, they watered down these fantastic NXT talents. I'm talking Keith Lee, Shayna Baszler, Matt Riddle, all getting really just crammed in this shitty place I, of the main roster. I'll argue with you that Shayna had a good showing. She had a good showing, but now she's in a fucking tag team with Nia Jax. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I'm grading on a curb. <laughs> I am happy that they let Keith Lee actually beat Randy Orton, though. That yes. is, that still means something. So, But yes, the match itself, not that great. I, I wish that the match had shown him off in a way where he felt limitless. You know, his whole gimmick. But it felt like, you know, hey, I can just throw one move and it's done. Yeah. You know, it's, I, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. 
Like I said, maybe I'm greedy on a curve. I'm just <laughs> I'm just so happy that we're actually getting a heel Roman after all these years. Just I, something totally different. For it. But mm-hmm. yeah, no, they'll fuck that up too. So <laughs> And where the hell was Retribution? They're not on pay-per-views. They you want to know why? To come. You want to know <laughs> why? Because they have no fucking clue what they're doing with them. There is no <laughs> end game to this angle. They have no clue what they're doing. I guarantee it. They're going to end up making it some fucking joke or something. Because they have to write their way out of this. You know, they're finally like a little more stable ratings wise. And now they're like, well, we don't need you anymore. <laughs> so but honestly, I bet you yeah, anything. They had no clue where this was all leading. I just figure it's going to disappear like the hacker did. Probably. Probably. I mean, they w- they put a little more time into this, but I don't know. I don't know. It seems like they're just kind of like slowly forgetting. There's going to be like some big like reveal and it's going to be like Hornswoggle or something. Oh, no. <laughs> Not again. <laughs> Anyone but Hornswoggle. Hornswoggle and like Mae Young's hand. <laughs> <sighs> All right. Well, that that does it for the show, Christian. Let's yes. let's go home. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But before we head out, make sure to head over to dramacityproductions.com where you can hear us and plenty of other great podcasts. That's right. And if you're listening to us on your favorite podcast platform, make sure you subscribe, rate, and give us a five-star review. Yeah, it definitely helps an independent podcast like us keep on going. And you know what? If you like any of the stories that we talked about this episode, make sure you go ahead and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and see the full versions of these articles, plus a whole lot more. Yeah, you can follow us at Amazing Nerd Show. That's your nerd hub for all things pop culture. And if you're looking to further support the show, go ahead and buy some merch over at Public. They have shirts. They have sweatshirts. I think they have mugs, bumper stickers. The works, man. Absolutely. And you can also head over to ProWrestlingTees.com and find our merch there as well. Yeah, while you're at it, go ahead and pick up your favorite wrestler's t-shirt. All right, what are we talking about next week, Dan? All right, next week we're going to be reviewing AEW's All Out and much, much more. All right, my name's Christian. And my name's Damon. And that's the Amazing Nerd Show.